ladies, killer, diplomats, huh, Joel Santana, Jim Jones, freaking Ziki, half a dash, huh, killer, uh, y'all niggas dreamed it, I've seen it, body warm, hard anemic, coke, a nigga steamed it, fiends I leaned on, beam I leaned it, guns, really beam it, really miss, what's really good, bikes really a cream it, I'm a genius. Are fucking with the record report podcast. Go ahead and give yourself a clap for coming across this motherfucking podcast and for all of our returning people. Thank you for joining us again. Hi, hi, motherfuckers. How you doing? Uh, this week we are doing the most do rag New York album of the 2000s, Diplomatic Immunity. The first one, Diplomats. Come on, yeah. Jim Jones, where you at, baby? I feel Santana. This is music right here. Once again, where you at? I feel like Rocky or something, man. Yo, get it talk to me, man. Yo, y'all know I'm passing focus. In case you haven't noticed, squeeze and blast them open as soon as the magnum opens. Yeah, come on. I told you, man. man. Come on. Yeah. Y'all know what this is. We back at it. Come on, oh, oh, yeah, it's that 9-11 music right here, man. We in the building, man. Welcome to Ground Zero, everybody. Joel Santana, Dipset. Yo, yo, I speak pain, I spit power, talk courage, breathe flowers. Follow me through the debris of these towers. The rain, the sleep, the street showers. Don't get caught up in the street showers. When the guns rain, the clips pour. The soldiers grip balls, then begin war. Come on. It's Santana the Great. Diplomatic Immunity is the debut studio album by The Diplomats, released on March 25th, 2003. After the release of the group leader Cameron's third album, Come Home With Me, the quartet teamed up to release their first collaborative effort. The album features the lead singles, Dipset Anthem, I Really Mean It, Ground Zero, and Bout It Bout It, Part 3, featuring Master P. In addition to Master P, Freeway, and DMX. Um, it also featured diplomat uh, diplomat rapper Hell Rail, who was incarcerated at the time of the album's release, and also featured a freestyle and interlude by him. Ahmad, what did you think of this classic album in some cases? Absolutely a classic album. Um, I loved it, man. It was so much fun going back and listening to this. Um, it reminded me of so much from that early 2000 wave. Um, Cameron came back after his uh, SDE album um, in 20, you know, in 2002. He had Hey My Old Boy. And I remember when that dropped and how crazy that was. It was a uh, so definitely a summertime staple, you know. The album was everywhere, all on everything you watch. He had a he had a, an amazing production, um, and this album kept some of that um, momentum going. It was released almost a year later, which back in which back in the day it was fine because they would have one album, and if it was successful, they'll tour a whole year off of it. So they came back out with this in March, and then Dipset had a good. Uh, about a good year 
a year and some change of a, a great one um, until, yeah, about a good maybe two or three years um, after this album had dropped of Diplomatic Community. And man, the album was amazing. Uh, it just it just brought back so many memories and I just had a great time. It's a monumental album, man. It really, I think it, it, it really um, did, it had a, a profound impact on hip hop. So I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, that's 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 really dope that you said that. I'm a I'm gonna actually come in by saying I never heard the full album before, but I do have child memories of the run Dipset has has had over the years, from the early 2000s well into, to be honest, like the late 2000s. Like I think they had a run almost all of the entire decade of the uh, of the 2000s. But we'll continue as we talk. But um, originally, I remember talking about, and I don't, I don't know if I remember talking about this, but uh, I remember going to uh, the 99 and up cent store <laughs> or the 99 cent and up store uh, down the street. And I remember listening to the Dipset Anthem off of a mixed tape that a DJ and some random DJ hosted that I bought from that store. And I was like, yo, this shit is dope. But it was short. It didn't include like the second verse on it. Like, mm-hmm. and and I was like, yo, who is this? But as time moved on, I started seeing Dipset more. I started seeing the colors that they had, the red, white, and blue, the 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 the, the, the vibes that they had. And then you started seeing Jewel Sant Jewel Santana, you know, show up with Lil Wayne. How did he show up? He had his own run. Then you had Jim Jones come out with his own run. And you had Cameron already doing his own thing. And at the time, he was big. I saw him in old hip-hop magazines. So as this decade is moving on, I might not be a Diplomats fan, but I respected them. And I might have not been super familiar with the projects that they had, but the tracks that they did have were fucking bangers. And... It now coming into my you know adulthood now looking back at the project like this is definitely an album that I feel like sometimes like we in the community don't talk about and I feel like there are certain regions why we don't talk about that this album especially now at a time where it's like you know cancel culture and shit like that but um at the time this this if, if we're going back to 2000 to the 2000s when a lot of those rules weren't even in place this shit was hard you know what i'm saying and i feel like as we continue we we're going to talk about how hard this shit is but uh i should give people a disclaimer as we continue to talk about this this dope ass album there is some things here that might be politically incorrect and if you have bitch ass ears i'm just, Ooh, excuse me. I'm sorry. This this album <laughs> might not be for you, but uh, we're going to get into it. And uh, I'm actually going to start out by saying, Amal, what is your first favorite track? I'm going to just give you that one. Well, you I'm going to go first. Oh, who am I? Whoa. Oh, I'm t- quite surprised. God damn. Well, all right. All right. Even though that's one of my favorite songs, but go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's my um produced by the Heat Makers. Mm. Um I I really like this song. Um 
the they were like the flashy public persona of Dipset, and they had all of this stuff, and you know they was out in the hey mine old boy, and I think you know you know me this whole podcast the whole time we've been talking it kind of moved to the like the message the relatability, um, and I, I really enjoyed this song a lot, man. Um, Jewels was rapping. This was like. The song, I remember this song. This is a song when I really started rocking with Joel's, and I really thought he was gonna be like, I thought him and Wayne was gonna be the two biggest rappers ever. But this was the song for me. Um, he had other stuff on a Dipset mixtape that I really like in freestyles, but this is like a little bit more deeper, a little bit more personal. Um, and so the, uh, my favorite verse, well, I think it was my second verse. Or I really talk like. about real shit, so fuck with me. Well, at least most of the time, we do talk about some bullshit too, man, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh. Yo, I live the life of a loner with a righteous persona, but still sell crack right on the corner. My life consists of a big puzzle that's mixed up, big bucks, big drugs. If I get caught, then it's big cuffs. Big barely gets up, I get out, shit what, this shit's up, damn. I need to find another road to follow, one that's new and strong, not old and hollow, oh. As I hold this bottle and smoke this reefer, listen to some older Lee, I say, damn, damn, man, shit is crazy, man. And a tear comes trembling down, you never seen a man cry where you witness it now, shit. Um, I don't know, man, like the duality he's talking about of, you know, selling drugs and things that come with it, life on the streets, um, and it's like his, just his ability to reflect, um, getting the soulful sample that heat makers was giving him. Oh my God. Yes. It's the OJs. Um, Who am I? Yeah. They, uh, this, this is one of my favorite Dipset songs. I still listen to this day before the podcast is almost some of my, my favorite playlists that I have, um, yeah, man, even the second part where he was like, this is the four, it's like, it's four verses. And so the end, he's kind of like getting like, he even says it in like, you know, drunk words, sober thoughts, some, some, something. And he is like, your youngest son speaking to you, mommy. I mean, there's certain things like that. I, I feel like, um, I thought that was, he was able to tell like a deeper part of the story. And I really liked that. Um, and, and that's what I liked about uh, Jewel's specifically. Um, he had that charismatic, which you want from like a rap superstar. He can make a hit. You heard him on Hey Ma, um, and this was like a different side of him. And I was like, oh shit, he can, he can, he can get ill with the pen too, not just you know club stuff and street rap. So I really like the song. Yeah, that's actually a reason why I like the song as well. Um, I do like the production. I like the fact that the heat makers did. I like the. I don't know if they produced this entire song, this entire album, like all of the songs but the songs that they have worked on i love the fact that they know how to like play around with like samples um this is the 2000s which is the time where you know using samples were lit which was a little bit much more free than how it is now but it's kind of dope how they were able to kind of play around with this to make more of a subtle song i like the fact that they use it to to make jams and shit like that but specifically in this case for this song it's much more relaxed in order for Jewels to be the raw and rugged side of it through his lyrics. And I like that. I also like the fact that like um, his lyrics kind of indicate different uh, 
aspects that you have in the hood. Like, of course, you sell all of these drugs, but you live the life of a loner. You know what I'm saying? You're afraid of like people kind of tearing you down that might be with you. You know what I'm saying? Like different things of that matter. Um, and I, as you continue, I mean, of course, they kind of, in some cases, I'm not going to say they glorify it, but like it's a huge part of like their story um, through their music. But at the same time, I've always respected the way that they kind of projected that because they never were in your face with it. They used the lyrical content to give it to you. But like visual side, you never... You rarely see that with like Dipset, you know what I'm saying? Like you see them with money and shit like that, but I've never seen them with in your face like, yeah, nigga, here it is. You know what I'm saying? Compared to like other rappers of the time, they were trying to actually give you that 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 image of yeah, I'm really in the streets. But like Dipset gave it to you through their music. They didn't really have to show you show it to you in the video. They could just be waving the fucking flags and shit like that out of you. And like, mm-hmm. I've always respected that. And these were one of the songs that make you say, okay, they got the jams, they got the flashiness to them, but then they can also give you the raw and ruggedness that you would expect out of rappers from this period, especially street rappers from this period. So I really like this song. It, it caught me off guard. I've, before listening to this album, I didn't, I didn't listen to this song. I haven't heard the song, but it's definitely... It's definitely a dope track that 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 caught my attention. So yeah, good choice, good choice. What about you? What you got? Oh come on, man! You know I got to start out with this sad anthem. <laughs> come on, baby. <laughs> yes, man. Yes, man. Um, the Dipset anthem is the first song that I heard from Dipset, and like I said, I heard this song randomly from a, a mix a mixtape that a DJ showed, uh, that DJ had um, in the 2000s. So I didn't necessarily know much about Dipset, but I saw their run from that. But specifically for this song, this song had a really dope ass sample. Like the sample was fire. The energy was fucking lit. Like like you knew that this was gonna be something for the nightclubs. And it, and it was like for a long time, like at, at college parties, They'll play this song and they'd be like, oh, where my New York people at? <sighs> Make all that noise. Then they drop this fucking sample. Oh my God, it is, it is fire. So the sample is uh, uh, One in a Million by Sanchez uh, and then interpolation Interpolations by Niggas Bleed by Notorious B.I.G. and Death Around the Corner by uh, Tupac. I thought that there was a reggae sample in this song, but... Yeah, it seems like the Sanchez drone is, is is the sample. But the sample is really what intrigued me. But mm-hmm. the energy that Jewels came in with that first verse, oh my God. My God, that shit was that shit was hard. Like I ain't never know that a rapper can come in like just so hard with the fucking verse. Oh. Yeah, man. I'm back at it. Come on. Today's a new day, got the booty up in the suitcase So go uptown to Harlem, tell them that I sent ya Tell them it's August, I'm going to November I need a couple birds, get abroad, have them sent up Call my bird, get my broad, have her sent up Please. Call my niggas, call my squad, have them sent up Please. Yeah. I see a G 
town, I'm liking. See some niggas getting money in a town, I like it. Yeah. I run up on them with the pound and light it. Like it's my block now, alright, kill. He understood me quite clear. Then that thing bang out and rang out the side of his right ear. And I got back to my business, back to my bitches, back to the kitchen at Pyrex Vision. I let that white stuff sit in, get hard, get rock, get to the block and pitch it. Yeah, I'm sorry, but this is how I'm living, and this is I how I'm getting caught up on board. So hand on my handle, listening to gangster music. Hey, I stood at home here on the chrome and zone, flicking the channels, watching how the gangsters yeah. do it. Say with me, I stood alone, getting dome from a thick chicken sandwich. Watch yeah. Listen to the fucking song, the energy that it gives you, and the fucking sample. Yeah, yeah, like no, that shit is hard, and that shit still gets played in the club to this day. If a DJ is trying to get the crowd, and there's motherfucking New York people in here, I bet you these are one of the songs that he's playing because you know he's gonna get a reaction straight up. So I gotta put this as like the first one out the gate because I mean, shit, man, like this was the same. This was a single. This put the diplomats out there. This was the statement for them. Now I got to drink my wine through the bottle because I'm about to get rid of New York on this one. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Like This is one of those songs, man, that it was, well, I think, if I could be mistaken, I think this was the, like, the first official single. Um, I could be wrong, but I think it was. And it was crazy. Yes. I remember being a kid. And this was out, it was the springtime. And this song, everybody was like, dude, dude like those drums, bruh, the, the heat makers, they were in another stratosphere when he was putting some of these beats together. And this is one of them. Yep. It's, it's, it's so crazy. And like you said, like, Jewel's really shined coming out there. Um, and um, the thing that was really cool about that was like you heard Joel's um, talk before, like you heard him on other stuff, you heard him working, you heard him on the mixtapes, um, the diplomatic, because they had a good mixtape one to build their buzz um, in the early 2000s. So it was very interesting to see him come on and just merc some of these songs because he was like, who is this new guy? He was a young guy. Um, and I, I think personally, we really thought that he was going to be the face of New York for years to come. And then he got, you know, cool with uh, Wayne. Um, it was just, I, I remember everything about this video. The video really stuck out. I feel like it was always on. Uh, God, it's, this was a, you picked, this is an amazing song. They did a great job with the beat, the video. I remember the video being so hard, man. That just, uh, he's just looking at the city and he just, ah, mm-hmm. uh, just, you just remember that shit. It just give you a certain energy, bro. Like, mm-hmm. man, even as a kid, like, I just, it just turned to another level for me. And I kept that song well into the times where I was like, actually being like, I was actually an athlete, uh, in high school. And this was definitely one of those songs that was like, all right, we doing this shit. Like I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to take some heads off today. So like, yeah, this this definitely has near dear to my heart because I kind of grew up with the song and its relevancy as it continued on throughout the different decades, man. Like they they made a fucking a hit with this one, bro. 
Yeah, it that was that that was uh truly special, man. Like they they that is like a classic hip hop song right there. Um and I think everybody's gonna love that song forever because it's gonna remind if you was around it, it makes you feel like summertime. I played that joint today with the warm weather, driving uh, home with the windows down. Yeah. None like it. it None like it. And the verses is crazy. Uh, the, the, the Cameron verse, I love Cameron's ability to put humor in his raps and also rap his ass off. Because yeah. it was like, they also brought like that cool factor. The Diplomats was very cool. You wanted to look, they changed fashion for hip hop and every few years, only certain rappers can say they did that and they did yeah, that. Um, they did. You know, flashier, you know, just the Harlem feel, the Ohio Harlem always been. The rock star feel. Yeah. Like Ed Hardy, the punk rock shit before it like, Party Like a Rockstar came up because I think that was an effect of the vibes that they brought to attention. You know what I'm saying? It did. The, the 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 red white and blue the way that they mixed that up the bandana joint even though fabulous mm-hmm. was known for having that as well like they made it something that was natural and like a national thing somebody can like pull that shit off like they they were just able to do something like so right I also feel like Jewels did have a run like he was popping for like a couple of years like into my high school years so like I'll probably give him like maybe. Uh, not even 2007, maybe 2008, 2009 is like his last. Uh, year. I don't know if it was that far now. That far? When was um? When was I can't feel my face? Ooh, was that before, or after his second album? Th- oh, man, let's let's find out. Shit. Good question. I can't, I can't feel my face was before his second album. Oh, I was in the midst of this. Because he went, he went on a hiatus and disappeared off the face of the earth. It felt like. Um. So I don't know what happened to him when he did that. Um, but he had a great run. He had a, he had a, he had a really good. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't go that far. I think his run probably ended. His second album came out um, 2006. Mm. I don't know if you think, I don't know if you think it's further than that. So I Can't Feel My Face came out in 2009. Really? I think so, yeah. Really? That was, that was. It says that on that pit. Interesting. Okay. I wonder why I thought a little bit. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, okay. Wow. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. My face can't... oh, so it's my face can't be felt. But yeah. No, that's something different. Okay. Okay. No, that ain't it. I remember I can't feel my face. Yeah. Yeah, I can't feel well. It says that it was it dropped in two thousand and nine. Um, I mean, I guess I mean his first album for me in the U came out in two thousand three. Uh, hey, Ma came out in two 
2002, so I guess you can say 2009, which is crazy to think like that. Because oh, take that, take that, take that back, take that back, take that back, take that back. Take that back. There's a compilation between the two, so disregard. Yeah, I was say that don't tell me no sense. Yeah, that don't make that don't make no sense. Okay, so yeah, to your point, yeah, I yeah, I give him a little bit earlier because I know that he made. Uh, oh my god, it, it was it was a hit because it was in a movie. There you go. And then they had like the fucking the whispers in the back and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was on the second album. That was that was his biggest song, the whistle joint. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He also had Mike Check one two one two on there. Oh wow! Then, oh wow! That was a banger yeah. too. And he had Clockwork on there. It was a, it was out. The album did well. His second album. I don't know why he disappeared. Um, I don't even know why why he did that. He just disappeared. Cause then he had that big Nike song with uh, Just Blaze. I don't know if you remember that. That's right, he did. That is my favorite Just Blaze beat. I remember it was a video he did. He was using like an orchestra to make the sound. And that was Jurel's killing it. And hey. he had all of the, the structure to be, as he called himself, the next big thing. But I don't know what happened to it. That's crazy, um, bro. Yeah. What's, is my turn? Uh, dun, Yes, it is your turn. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so I'm gonna stick with uh, Jewels as, as one of the main artists because he wasn't on every song. Most of the songs he was on, I'm gonna go with Ground Zero. Okay, okay. Um, I like Ground Zero for several reasons. It came like a mixtape beat. Um, so Wayne rapped over this on Dedication too. Um, and it was just it was bars, bro. It was them rapping. Um, it's what I expected from Diplomats. It was that, dip, that diplomatic mixtape feel. And it's like they all had this great charismatic energy there when they get together. Um, you know, it just feels good. The beat was rocking. Um, uh, and Cameron got one of my favorite Cameron lines. And he was like, I'm a baller that'll murk you like Jason Williams. I don't know why that line always stuck with me. Um, I don't know. It's just really clever. And I, I it, this, this, the first, like, so it was a two disc album. I don't know if you remember. It was a two disc album when it released. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was this one and this two. Uh huh. This one and this two. And man, I used to, I used to play this one to nonstop. But then this two has some joints too. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Ground Zero was my joint. For sure. For sure. It's it, kind of crazy. It's kind of, oh, right. Go ahead. No, you good. I was going to say, it's kind of crazy to uh, to your point about Ground Zero. It's kind of crazy because this album came out like around the time of the terrorist attacks. Like, oh, yeah. They talked <laughs> like, about it a lot. Yeah. 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 Like, this was uh, two years after. It was recorded 2002. So, yeah, it was fresh. Yeah. Yeah. So, that shit, like, it's still fresh on our minds. And I'm pretty sure they, they, they had that vibe just from the beat because. The beat really kind of gives you that vibe, which is um let's see who it's produced by. It's produced by Spike and Jamal. Jamal, I don't know who that is. I ain't never heard nothing from whoever they 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 did they killed this one. Did the yeah. tar sample coming in? The do 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 the joint. This is literally the only song that they have. Yeah. Like, like under their uh <clears throat> excuse me, under their vibe, but shit. I mean, it's a standout song. Um, like I said, like it for me, I think like just the, the 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 vibe that it gave me, it felt very epic, and I think that's something that I personally liked about it. 
the lyrics they were they were definitely hard but it did it didn't capture me or 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 like you know really give me like a super like element of vibe what i will say though is when i'm gaming or if i'm working out it is definitely good for that action i will say that it it kind of narrates the activity and and i really fuck with that in a, in a sonic in a sonic kind of vibe so i do believe that this is a, a standout track for me because it did capture my attention uh uh and i and i love that shit um but lyrically it didn't it didn't it didn't you know it didn't cap it didn't get me it didn't it didn't really capture me like some of the other songs off of here and there's nothing wrong with that you know but sonically it that shit is a banger and this beat is a banger for real for real i don't know where this nigga went but he definitely had a banger with this one. Shit. My old my old uh, uh, Twitter name when I first joined Twitter was like Aki the Great. It came from this song because he kept saying Santana the Great. So that's where I actually got that from. So much, that's how much I've always liked this song. And I made that Twitter account 11 years ago. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, bro. I've been bumping. Yeah, I, I was, you know, playing music. And I was like, oh, Aki the Great. I thought it was clever. I was... 1920 whatever so that was funny um but no i like i like the bars man like if you if you listened to some of their uh earlier mixtape stuff i remember you said them little, little mixtapes so they, they had a good mixtape run around the same time 50 cents on his mixtape stuff i'm gonna see maybe even a little bit earlier no mm. around the same oh two oh one because he signed with 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 well i think he, he signed with um Dame and them for two in 2000. So I remember being a kid and it was like on um, my brother had all the XXL magazines and they had it like I don't know if it was in the cover or one of the pieces and it was like oh man this is back when hip hop used to have bidding wars and he was like Cam and a diplomat signed for like three four something million dollars. Um, that was like that had to be like 2000 because that was before 9 11. Yeah. Because he signed around the same time Peyton Ford came out. Because he was signed, he's Peyton Ford came out before the music, if I'm not mistaken. My timeline is right. And then he signed before Peyton Ford. Peyton Ford was like his introduction, reintroduction to hip hop. He said like he was like a little quiet after SDE. Um, so I, yeah, so I think my timeline is a little right. But anyway. This song was like one of those fun mixtape songs with them going back and forth. Um, it's interesting though, because like Jim Jones was not the strongest rapper at this time, but now he's probably making the best music out of everybody who was involved with Diplomats. So it's very interesting to see that because if you ask anyone in 2000, any anytime in the early 2000s, they would always say like, Jim is the one who don't rap as good as uh, as Cam and Joel's. But I think now, I think Jim is probably the best out of all of them. So I just wanna, I'm, I'm gonna keep, so I'm gonna talk about it a little bit more at the end because I'm, I'm, I really like what Jim has been doing lately. Uh, what's what's your second one? Oh, to, to, to go back to what you were oh, saying yeah, about, yeah, yeah. about uh, Jim, I did like Weatherman from him around that time. Ooh, if Weatherman was like 05. Yeah, 
That shit yeah, was hard. Yeah, yeah. And there was another poem. song that he made too that was pretty dope. Hustler's poem was solid. I actually like Hustler's poem. That was the name of it. That was that was the album Hustler, product of my environment. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's I've one heard one. of that. that. Oh, go ahead. That was this. That was the same album as We Fly High. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That okay. See, that makes sense because I know that that was a hit. That's still a hit to this day. Like people still play that shit. And like, like I said, Weatherman was another dope ass song that I was like, oh, this shit is dope. Okay, all right. And like, I think Jim Jones was the person that really put on the whole rock star vibe. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Jim uh, Santana was a part of that. But I think because Jim Jones had that last little bit. And because he was showing off the rock star kind of fashion, the um, the black label, uh, those type of fashion vibes that kind of combined streetwear at the time with punk rock aesthetic, mm-hmm. I think he was the person that really kicked that 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 drip scene off when it came to that. Because after Jim Jones did it in a video, that's when I started seeing like those following years. I started seeing all kinds of like black label and stuff show up. And you would see people wear it. And then you also had the whole Ed Hardy scene, which was like a little bit more expensive. I think Jim Jones was the person that really kicked that joint off. Uh, but in the 2000s, man, like, I think you are right when it comes to um, how he was a little bit more uh, underrated compared to the other members of, of Dipset. Um, but he definitely had his, his statement in hip hop just due to what he did with fashion. And what he how he's been able to like mold with fashion, even to this day. I now granted, I have not heard his latest music, so I'm really in, interested in, you know, getting enlightened on like what he's been able to make. Um, but yeah, man, like what he's done for fashion and what he continues to do this day, I know that he's definitely been um, he's been doing a fashion show. I think for Revolt, I think. I don't know if it's for either for Revolt or Complex, between the two, but he's done like a fashion show and it's like the drip weather for like the weekend. And like, he always comes with a new fit. So he's still carrying that out on to this day. And I think that he's an OG that like, we should respect, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, we can get more into it. Cause I, I mean, I, I'm gonna talk more about Jim in general um, and just dip set. Um, what's your next one? My next one is I really mean it. Ooh, I was gonna pick that. I like that song. Yes. I love that song. Yes, yes. I love this beat. I love this sample. Um, the second song I heard. This is the second song I heard from uh, uh, Dipset when I was a kid. Um, once again, I was like more. I was more into like I had to be more into like more parental shit, but I can still listen to like a lot of West Coast shit on the side, thanks to, and, and reggae, thanks to like my older brother. But at this time, when it came to Dipset and listening to Dipset on the radio or watching a video, I really mean it was the shit. Like, mm, and I yes. fuck with that sample. Oh my God, that sample is hard. Like, um, I also fuck with like another, it's pretty much another anthem that kind of gives you the same energy that Dipset anthem has gave you but it's in another it just it's just switched over into another vibe i'm trying to look for the fucking sa- oh there we go it's right here the sample is i got over love and it's done live by major harris 1976 um 
man, it did a fucking good job. And the fucking way that Cameron goes over the beat, skates over that shit. I personally love the way that Cameron raps. I might not always get it. It sometimes get very visceral. And I think as we continue, we're going to get into a little bit of that. I mean, to be quite honest, like I said, like this is 2000 street rap. So the rules and the language is much more visceral compared to what it is now, since in some ways, cancel culture has created these unwritten rules. Um, and as we continue, um, you know, we're going to have to be able to respect all different people as we make music and not try to like dismantle somebody and, and, and put somebody in the forefront of it. You know what I'm saying? But this is 2000 street rap. So like, if you listening and you you getting offended by this shit, it is what it is. But in this case, bro, in this motherfucking case, Cameron skated on this shit, and I love the way that he came on this motherfucker. Uh, like he he was real. He was he was definitely real as he like as he was just like going over the beat, man. I fuck with this shit for real. I really mean it. Uh, <laughs> who sampled this shit? I mean, not sample, but who who produced this shit? By the way, just Blaze. I know ah, that by heart. You ain't got to tell me twice. It makes know. sense. It makes so yeah, much sense. That's just that's just Blaze, man. This was actually on um, one of their earlier mixtapes. Yeah. Um. So it was like a big street single. So they put it on the album. This joint was crazy. Yeah. Um. Jim didn't rap, and it was a big controversy because he was dissing Nas throughout the joint. I don't know a lot of people. Most people should know that though. So, not not Cam, but Jim was because they had like the little beef between mm-hmm. them two. Now he said some slick shit about Harlem and Cam and niggas like that. Um, this is probably one of two of my favorite Cam verses. I think Cam and Just Blaze were perfect. I wish they got more work together when yes. it was like in their younger days because this verse is out of this world. Body warm, heart anemic. That is a bar. Just hit the hit the wordplay he was doing, um, his ability to like always add humor into the stuff. Um, I don't know, man. Like these, these this is a, a clinic. He was given, he was working. Yeah, yeah. And it it just flows so perfectly. I love how Dipset, how they they did the sample stuff perfectly. They flipped some crazy samples on this on this album throughout their whole catalog. To be quite honest, they were really good at that, taking those fun samples and you know, you know making them their own, yeah. like Puff did, but in a different way, um, more street stuff. Not like not like you know, it was interesting because Cam and Mace had like little issues when Mace went to Puff with the shiny suits and shit like that. But it's cool how Dipset was able to you know maintain what he wanted to be and not sacrifice too much but they were still making big hits and flipping some crazy samples so that was really cool man this 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 is one of those it's so crazy how many crazy songs they have on this album yeah yeah it really is yeah it's really is it's crazy and they they you could tell that they had like hunger in the process of doing this just Mm -hmm. the way that the, the 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 album sonically is you know what i'm saying it does go into like the interludes can get a little bit you know, it could be a little bit too much. And then sometimes this album feels long, but for what it gave you, it was worth the ride. I'll say that for sure. 
And um, yeah, as we like, like this song was one of the reasons why this will out this album would just, just, just be in your rotation. And I, I, I just fucks with that so heavy about this shit, man. First movie ever, murked out me, car fight. Man, Cam was on it, man. Cam, Cam, Cam was, uh, he was in his bag, my guy. Definitely was in his bag for real. Um, is my turn? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Uh, stuff between where should I go with this one? Uh, all right, I'm gonna do hmm, build this city. Mm, okay, yeah, I, I picked build this city because the only song that had everybody that was able to get on it. However, I was in jail, so he was not able to be on all the songs. Freaky Ziki was in jail, so he was not able to be on it. They did not include 40 Cal or JR Ryder, so. Well, people was on here, and this is the one song they had all together. And this really felt like one of those posse cuts that they did. The way they flipped the sample was crazy. How they mm. kept saying, we built this city on rock. It was like clearly the joke. So that was, cl- it was super clever how they did that. Mm. Um, also produced by Just Reese, who was deep in his bag for this entire album on the piece that he gave. Um, yeah, my probably my favorite is again, Jim opened it up and Jim was not the Jim who he is now, who I think his first work was my favorite at the time. It's very interesting how they mentioned Taliban in Afghanistan so much. And I said, We're Harlem's Al Qaeda. Like, wow, how did they get away with that shit? Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, I like how Wells was. Um, Cam didn't, Cam had to show us at the end, but I like how Wells was. I, I always thought how Wells was like. Good at rapping, yo, um, and he never really got a shot due to cat been in jail and stuff like that. But uh, I feel Hellroll was Hellroll was my favorite. I was in my deep dip set bag, and Hellroll was like, yo, Hellroll got it. He gonna be the one, but it never popped. So I, I really like how when I saw with Errol Lovin, he was able to like to shine. I remember listening to Hellroll like when he was um. When he, he made a song for Fight Night, Fight Night Round Three, and like the beat that he had, he skated over that motherfucker. Like, and I was like, "Yo, who is this dude?" Like, and I just I know I knew his name, but I never knew of the potential that he had. I know that there were a lot of members of D- uh, Dipset that didn't really get their flowers. Like, is it like you mind like giving me a few people? Because I know you mentioned like Forty Cal. I know about Freaky Ziki. I don't even know who the fuck Freaky Ziki is. Like I'm, <laughs> like I'm not. I'm familiar with Dipset, and I know the the impact that they had in the 2000s. But it seems like you're you're educated in like the deeper innings of of Dipset and the many members. What happened to some of those other members? Because I know that they were making mixtapes at the time, but I didn't know whether they were. Making an album, making any projects, any mixtapes by themselves. What was going on with that? Man, they was all doing like their own little stuff after a while. Um, Joel signed with Def Jam. Jim with the indie routes, he had more control over everything. I think he benefited from that tremendously. 
Cam was kind of chilling. Um, he cut off stuff like a bit of a slower pace. The other guys, man, they just take the mixtape route, the indie route, and they never really were able to take off if they wanted to. Um, and it kind of sucks. But I also think some of them weren't able. Some of them didn't have the star power of the original three either, but I think it also plays a, a big part of it. Um, yeah, man. Your turn. Okay. Uh, my turn. It, my next one will be, I think you chose my third one, actually. Which which makes sense. These these they're 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 bangers on these motherfuckers. Hold on. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see it. Let me see it. I, I hope you didn't hear me. I hope you didn't hear me say that. Um, let's go. Yeah. Uh, with the Marvin Gaye sample. Oh hell yeah. Oh hell yeah. Once again, I like the fact that they know how to bounce off of sampled beats. And in this specific case, I think Joel's actually start. Oh no, Cameron starts off of this year. Okay, but I like the way that like Joel's like kind of goes off of the beat as well. Like that shit is kind of like it's hard. Oh, all right. So Cameron starts the song off and he kind of talks over it, but like Joel's comes in as the first verse, and the fact that he kind of used like "Let's Get It On" playing in the back. I was fucking with that. I ain't going to even hold you. Like, once again, um, this beat is made by the Heat Makers, but it it just shows you the talent that they had when it comes to chopping up um, samples, classic samples like this, and giving it the energy that it needs to fit the vocal cords of Jim Jones, Joel Santana, um, Cameron, Freaky Ziki, and and sometimes hell real, but even though hell real freestyles from from jail at this time, but <laughs> you get my point. Right. I like right. this song. Definitely, I love uh, let's get it on in general. So just the way that like they were able to kind of sample this up and chop it up and make it their own thing. That's always yeah. creative. And in some cases, it's a lost gem right now. But I don't know shit. Even though I know shit. <laughs> One of my things um, about this song is I didn't like how they flipped the sample. Oh. And and I think they, maybe because the way it's placed at the bottom of like the, all of the songs, it felt like, it, sound, it felt like, hey, mom. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If you feel what I'm saying? It had that same vibe to me as, hey, mom. And I was like, oh, this... Okay. Okay. Just if you listen, listen to hey, listen to that, listen to hey, my, and then you're gonna be like, oh, you see what I'm saying? I think maybe if it was placed higher up, yeah. maybe somewhere else. Um, then again, they had a hey, my remix on there, so would that conflict with that? I don't know. Why but, did they put that on here? I don't know I don't why. Know. I don't know what I don't know what they were thinking. But um, yeah, I think that's the only reason why I did. I mean, I thought the verses was decent. I think the beat kind of was just like it just felt like it was made in the same session as hey, my. And if the hey mom was bigger, so they put that out first. I can't yeah. prove that. That's what it felt like. It that makes sense. That makes sense. And now that I think of that, like, cause like listening to Hey Mom, when you listen to the lyrics, it's dedicated for for women, but it still has that street ruggedness to it. And this kind of has that sense. I think the way that like Jim Jones goes off the beat and kind of goes back and forth in between the street shit and the lady shit 
that was something that was kind of dope to me. Um, but I definitely understand what you're saying when it comes to like, okay, so Hey Ma was dope. Let's make this song. Oh, we're going to chop up the, the Marvin Gaye sample. And the fact that they're able to use the sample to begin with, that's already a miracle, especially mm. dealing with the Marvin estate. Thanks. So, um, yeah, I mean, shit. Like, I liked it because it, it definitely was something that kind of captured my my mind. Just due to the fact that, like, they were able, like, to sample this and then chop it up. This was one of the first songs I, I started it with because I put, I threw the song on shuffle, or uh, I threw the album on shuffle a couple of times. So when mm. I heard this, I was like, oh, 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 okay. You know what I'm saying? And it's short. It's two minutes. That's it. Cool. I can get with that. You know, a little short J, something to get something to get you through. Something I could throw, you know, throw on rotation if I just want to find another song in the process. So, yeah, man, can't knock it. Can't knock it. I, support, I, I respect it. I respect it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, My next one? Yeah. Ooh, this is, I got two left, huh? Um... I gotta get you gotta get some love to hell bro yeah uh, I, i'm gonna uh, definitely pick the hell bro freestyle okay this this made me want to go get a, uh, a jersey maybe when we get some Tim's, you know what i'm saying and yeah. get a fitted and just post up on post up out front of my house just stand there <laughs> you know what i'm saying this the, the like a lot of people don't do this no more and stuff like this but there's freestyles like these um, I don't know, man. Like, it was just fun. The recklessness in the rhymes, the braggadocia, the you know, just the fun part of like, like street raps, I guess you could say. Um, and it was fun. Like, it really, I think back then, and we used to like watch who my cousins had me watching all these battle tapes, they had me watching Cassidy and Murder Mook and uh. uh all those Philly guys and those battle rappers. And I, um, it was fun to watch them. But then I remember they started playing like G.I. Ryder freestyles and other people freestyles and hey, Harrell. I was like, yo, the dude's nice. So hearing him on this over the phone, I was like, it's just no beat and just camera in the background ad living. It was, uh, I don't know, man. I had, I, I, I toy. I love this joint. It was, it was just fine. Like, it was just like me mugging. You know what I'm saying? I feel like as soon as you listen to this, your Tim start coming on your feet. Like, it's like a superhero song. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, yeah. you away like a bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're putting your, co- like you're putting your superhero costume on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it ain't for everybody because it's just, it's just rap. But I just like, yo, I love this. Like, I love the balance. Like, in between, like you said, the Marvin Gaye sample, and stuff like that, and the Hey Ma, and in between songs like um, uh, Who Am I, was like more deep and introspective, you still get I'm gonna shoot you in the face raps. And I think yeah. that's pretty, that's, that's, that was dope. Yeah, and I feel like you don't get that a lot like these days. I mean, you get it through trap music, but like the, the way that like this album kind of talks about street raps and shit, it's, it's not like how it is today. I think today it still has that raw and ruggedness and darkness that it's always had, but there's a certain level of cleanliness to it because you want to be able to reach all the, all of your audiences and you don't want to be canceled. Honestly, you don't want to be canceled by the culture. 
So you got to be able to keep a, a, a steady balance between making sure that niggas know that you're not fucked, you're not meant to be fucked around. But then you also have to be able to maneuver yourself in order for you to be able to reach out audiences and to, in some cases for many, to be able to cross over. And it's hard to do that when you're trying to maintain to be yourself. But at, in, in, at this time, I think that they were able to capitalize off of the street raps and also bring another element with them with fashion and bring this element into the process without losing themselves in the process. Because, and I, I felt like this was like, this freestyle was kind of one of those, those instances where you got your homeboy, you know, he, 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 and, you know, he in jail and, you know, you, you give him this light. So in some cases, he still get royalties from this freestyle. And that's dope to hear. That's really fucking dope to hear. The fact that, like, he's going through this and, like, he does drop this freestyle, like, while he's locked up. And, like, he does come out. He might not have the best career, but on an album like this or an album of this magnitude, his freestyle continues to get looks because people like us want to go back and listen to an album like this that brought us back to those early days. So I feel like this album, uh, well, this song specifically, this freestyle is definitely, like you say, it raps. But I also feel like it's important to the story of Dipset. And we should also be able to give him the respect that 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 we should give uh, Jim Jones or Joel Santana. So... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I see your point. I don't think he has the catalog to get on that same level, but I understand what you're saying for sure. I yeah, think yeah, also yeah. It, it helped give the, the mixtape feel. And, uh, you know, we fell in love with the mixtape feel for the Diplomats. So it did help keep that feeling you got, that, that street, probably, probably why they had so many damn songs anyway. Yeah. Um, I still like yeah. it. Like I said, I still like the song that he had on Fight Night. That shit still gets bumped whenever I play Fight Night. I, mm. just, I used to, oh, man. He, he spazzed on that shit too. And then they like played this, they used his fucking, uh, they used the beat of the song through the loading screen. So you get a loop with a I was like, oh, this is dope. But yeah, like he ain't get his shine, man. Yeah, hell we're all mixed songs to fighting. So that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, don't, he don't make any other kind of music. His, his, he definitely make fight music. That makes what's, sense. What's your fourth one? Wait, this shit. Wait, oh, oh, oh! You already. Oh shit, we moving yeah. fast. God damn. <laughs> I think we did. I, my count, my count could be fucked up, but that was no, no. Nah, I think, I think you're right though. We we kind of going through it because you chose my third one, and now my page is kind of fucked up. Oh, there we go. Bloop, 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 bloop. All right, so uh, it is. Uh, let's. Oh no, nah, I sorry you said that. Uh, it is about it, about it, part three. I knew you was gonna pick that one. Oh come on, man! I, I appreciate you know me so much. That's why I left it. I said I ain't gonna touch that. The band's gonna bring it up. Let, 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 <laughs> let them have that. Yeah, man. You 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 got me with who I'm at. I was like, damn, man. I know he's gonna pick this one too. Mm-hmm. But hey, I'm just gonna throw this out there. <laughs> I like the fact that we are able to do this shit. This is the barbershop, like like Josh said, the barbershop of music. But that's not the point. Facts. So so. Um, when it comes to about about a part uh, three, 
part of me lo- really loves the fact that like Cameron body this shit. And when it comes to a, sign- a historical aspect uh, to this song, you, I-, I didn't really expect the Dipset to work with fucking No Limit. Because even though the South was making his rise in the 2000, especially 2003, they was already like on the come up. I think mm-hmm. uh, um, Outcast already won their Grammy for Speaker Box and Love Below. Am I correct? When? Um, did, well, this album dropped in 2003. So oh, I'm they ain't. No, they, they didn't win that early. Okay. Okay. When did, that, when did they win that Grammy? Hold on. Speaker Box wasn't that. Wasn't that. Look at us being tech nerds and shit. All right, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't. It wasn't. It wasn't 2003. It couldn't have been that long ago. Could've oh, been. it was 2000. It was 2004. It was 2004. Okay. Wow, okay. it was around that same time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I thought it was like six or five. Oh no, I know. I know that was a little bit too late. I know it had to be early 2000s, but I didn't know necessarily what year. I was thinking maybe earlier, like. 2001 around that time but i was like nah that can't be right but just around this time the south was making his run and i know specifically when it comes to no limits uh uh run at the time like i think this was around the time where they were still dropping projects but they didn't have the magnitude of what they had in the past musically i say business wise that's a whole different aspect because master p is still running the game right now but at this time, music-wise, this link-up was definitely something that I didn't catch at the time. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they did, I felt like that's something that's important musically because, like, it it, it, it gave us a sense of the South and New York being able to work with each other. Um, um, and actually, you know, you see both talents put together. You know what I'm saying? You hear a hard-ass beat made by Beats by the Pound, but then you got Cameron spit over this shit and give you visceral lyrics. But let me be very fucking clear. It's not for the lighthearted. This verse is not for the lighthearted. So if you fit it, there is a cringy moment throughout this, this, this song that means, like, oh, okay, all right. But like, as you go through it, it's it's dark, but he, he, he murked this shit. And I can't knock him for that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I also think that in some cases, because Master P, I don't know when Master P released the original about about it, but if this if this is a part three, I never heard a part three for a song before, which is new and kind of weird. But the fact that Cameron hopped on this jump and due to the fact that about about it is a dope ass beat to freestyle long off of because currency has done it before. I think that that beat alone is just a part of hip hop history. Just another small niche subgenre of rap history, very similar to the uh, the freestyle that 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 Big L and Jay Z has had, like a like a hidden hip hop myth. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, this is definitely one of hip hop's most famous, one of hip hop's most famous instrumentals for sure. Like. Okay. Um, I think remember when um remember when ASAP Rocky brought out uh 
Master P at Coachella, and he was playing Bowdy Bowdy, and everybody knew it. I think there's certain songs. It's funny. It's it's similar to Dipset Anthem. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are certain songs that are just known in hip-hop. They're like hip-hop commodities. You know what I'm saying? So, Bowdy Bowdy is definitely one of those. One thing I like about the song is not even the actual song. It was... Um, this is one of Cameron's another approaches to bringing the South to them yeah. and like reaching out and expanding their, uh, not only fan base, but expanding their presence and stuff like that. Um, he was really good with that, always has been. Um, you know, Joel's had T.I. on his album. Um, Jim had Bum B on his album. Um, like Diplomats was really big on it, and I'm not, I never was able to really figure out like what was that thing. Cam would always say in interviews, you know, I move around a lot and I hear stuff and stuff, blah, blah, blah. but you know, New Yorkers weren't known for doing stuff like this uh, for a long while. Jay Z did it, he did songs with you know, he did, of course, Big Pippin, but then he also had um, stuff with Scarface, he also had stuff with Too Short, certain people like that. Um, I think, but Cam, he was embracing the people. So I felt like Jay was embracing like the spitters, right, from the places. But I felt like Cam was embracing like the street people. Huh. You know what I'm saying? Master P is not a lyrical whiz, but his, she has a street presence, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting, really dope to see in hindsight. I think about that now, like, oh man. Like, where would hip-hop be if this never happened? Will we have an ASAP Rocky? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Will we have a Trinidad Jones? Will we have, you know, a lot of the people who in the early 2000s were trendsetters, you know, because they were 12, 13, 10, whatever, adolescents during the early 2000s and seeing, you know, Master P and came together and it was on the video i made a video of it seeing them performing together seeing them hanging out what was the long-term effect so i mean we're gonna talk we'll touch on that more in the wrap-up session but that's what i like about the song just think i was just so i listened to the song i was thinking more so like damn the impact of this song was probably crazy like you know because you listen to I'm like, remember when the, it was the emer- the reemergence of the young New Yorkers, and you had Flatbush Zombies and Bodega yep. Bams, and yep. everybody associated with ASAP, yep. people like that. They weren't Southern at all, but you can clearly tell they were influenced by Southern rappers. Yeah. But you can also tell they were definitely influenced by Cameron. Yeah. So, it was, and it was, uh, Max and the diplomats. Oh, whoa, yeah, we gotta talk yeah. Max. Gotta talk Max, man. Oh, Max yeah. is big. So Max, Max is B big. is somebody I learned through college. I'm not even gonna hold you. Like I said, my dad did not let me fuck with a lot of like like rap, especially in the 2000s. That nigga did not let me listen to Crunk Juice. And because my fucking cousin and my brother played that shit loud as fuck on my dad's nice ass fucking stereo, motherfucker CD. And he threw it away so bad. That's, that's, that's not the point. I wasn't able to listen to Max B at the time that he was big. But then I started listening to beats that like currency were rap off that Max B would, you know, freestyle off of. You know what I'm saying? 
And then the last decade, that's when I started to get acquainted with Max B's music. And just to see, just to listen to his music that he dropped at the time before he went to jail. And then to listen to a lot of the artists that are big now, Wiz Khalifa, Asa Rocky, a lot of the artists that were big in the blog era. Yo, like shit, man. It's he was he was very influential. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, like it I think that the 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 fact that both of these regions were working together at this time just shows you that like the South was earning its respect in the hip hop scene. You know what I'm saying? Right. And like not just being taken as like a like a like a joke. Because let's also be real. Even though there were really good Southern artists at the time, there was also a weak shit that like was acquainted with that sound at the time. And Absolutely. like, I get that, but like at the same time, you can't generalize that. I see how like some documentaries try to generalize like the South as like fucking pretty Ricky and shit. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, no, <laughs> no, there's better, there's better shit that came out then. Everybody you know was pretty Ricky. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if they're from the south, but I'm like, wow. No, you right. They from they from Miami. For, oh wow, that may, see now that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> the the whole idea of the group being from Miami all makes sense, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But going back to this song specifically, um, I think that this this freestyle was significant to the uh, development of the the the, the south. Mm-hmm. as well as New York rebranding itself and this song was kind of like a crossway in between both of those journeys so definitely a song that I was going to choose and plus like like you said um, one of the best instrumentals uh, oh absolutely of hip hop oh time. for sure yeah absolutely Yeah. Um, my last song is Purple Haze okay okay um, it's a funny song if you listen to like <laughs> Cameron ad living the beginning part and telling his man Tito to roll the blunt, and then in the second verse he like, "Hey man, what's up with that? You almost finished? Come on, what's going on, man?" Da da da. At the end of the song, he was like, "Man, fuck it, I'm gonna roll my own blunt. I can't trust these niggas." <laughs> I thought that was always clever. I always picked up on that. Uh, it's just braggadocious cam rap. I like the beat. The sample was really dope. Um, with uh, heat makers, of course, yeah. there's some great stuff. Um, Cam is just funny, man. You listen to these songs, and you you be like rocking your head and nodding off, and he be making you laugh the whole time. Um, and if you ever like watch his videos or interviews, he's just a funny, charismatic guy. So yeah, um, and he really was able to like carry the energy in the song like this. And this was definitely one of my uh on my uh, extracurricular activities playlist when, when I was uh, partaking in said activities more often than I used to. <laughs> more often than I do now. So uh, the, the title kind of gives it away as to what I'm talking about. Uh, so it, it brought back memories of those days as well. So uh, this is one of my, my favorite uh, camp songs. But I think it's the only solo camp song on here too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's kind of cr- Crazy how he made a whole album based off of this song, dude. Yeah, I always like that shit. Like, mm-hmm. it just felt like a little spinoff and shit. I, I I fucked with that. Like, he made a whole album based off of that. And it isn't isn't Purple Haze like one of his like one of his most known albums? Yeah, I think Come Home with Me is probably his most successful 
okay. Purple Haze had um down and out. Produced by Kanye West. Also, yep. Kanye was only on one song on this entire project. Mm-hmm. He was. Yeah. And it's the first song, Mukasa, which was weird because Mukasa is very short and it's mainly an inter- intro, but that's a whole nother thing. An intro that didn't really make sense to me, but that's a, that's a whole nother thing. Um, that was the only song he produced. Wow, I, I thought it was actual something else. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that's li- like I'm look. I looked at Wikipedia. That's literally the only song that I saw. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Wow. That is super crazy. But heat makers was giving that fire. Yeah, yeah, and I can't even knock him for that. Like with Purple Haze, I just, I just love like the the beat. Uh, the once again, the heat makers is just fucking talented at like chopping up a sample. In this case, it's Too Blind to See by Dorothy Moore in 1977 and, and, and flipping it up and making it just another fucking banger. It's just so good. Just so good. <laughs> like, yo, like, it's not fair how much, like, how talented, like, like, this production group are. And we don't really talk about them. Like, I've never heard anything about the Heat Makers. I haven't seen any documentaries about them. Like, I think producers of the 2000 were like in a whole nother level and i feel like as time moves on we're going to hear more stories of them but shit man like this 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 joint was another heater from fucking Cameron. and like once again uh the fact that he made this entire album within his own self with a chart topping what not a chart topping song but a chart making song um Mm. it's significant it's significant. I think this song may have named the album. I don't know though. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. He, I don't think he ever said where it came from, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Also, like the fact that you like you mentioned like the way that Cam uses humor and shit, because like I think one thing that we talked about without about it was just the fact that like the video and him and Master P hanging out, but also you include the fact that there were different clips of um, the movie he was in, uh, Pay the Fool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also included Cameron acting, which not only included, a, of course, a lot of street shit, a lot of violence, but then you saw a little bit of you know a little bit of humor here and there. You know what I'm saying? Niggas die every day, B. You know what I'm saying? Ah, yes, a classic one. Classic line, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I just love the 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 element that Cam has been able to add to hip hop. I know a lot of people may have not known about Cam, especially as like we're going into, you and I are be about to become an age where it's like we know about Cameron and Dipset, but like you are gonna have a whole generation of like who the old niggas, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like I feel like the the what they did add to the culture is significant and important. And I feel like Cameron doesn't, even though he's respected as like one of the OGs, I think people misunderstand what he comfort, what he's been able to contribute. Because at one point, Cameron was that dude. And he was able to build up a beef against Jay-Z. And I think a lot mm. of people don't really talk about sure. that. Elliot Wilson was somebody that really like ask questions and like was able to document that around the time, but like, yeah, man. Nah, that's true. Yeah, no, that's a fact. Um, what's your your last one? Last one. 
Um, I mean, shit. You, we already got, we already got most of my top five, but I'm just gonna throw in. Um, damn, this is tough. I'm gonna go with beautiful noise. Mm. We'll go with beautiful noise. Um, so I think this is Jim Jones. Who am I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that. I think That's this is one. Jim Jones. Who am I? I think that this, I think going back to what you said about Jim Jones and um his how he's underrated compared to like Jules at Joel Santana and and uh and Cameron, I think that this kind of showcased that hunger um from Jim Jones and I already knew that like because like Joel's had more than one song dedicated to himself but like I like the fact that this song really put Jim Jones out because he was able to build a confidence to make a weave album that had we fly high and the weatherman on there I I know that there's more Jim Jones songs that I'm not mentioning but I don't want to fuck up the names of them so I'm just gonna keep it funky but um yeah, I really, I really like the 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 hustle that he was able to put in this. And going back to what you said before about Joel Santana, this kind of showed the the potential that he had for when he was going to make the bigger hits. Shit, I, was, I thought I was on mute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really, I do like, I do thoroughly enjoy this song. Um, the beat kind of threw me off at first, but then I got over it. Um, I, I like it, man. I, I think um, one thing about this album, Dipset was able to like show their diversity of like the ability to make certain songs, but they also were really good at um, giving you that New York feel. And he was able to balance out. And I think like, to your point, Jim was being a lot better. He was talking about like his mom dealing with her drug issues and stuff like that. And it kind of like, you know, gave you a little more insight behind like the super flashy stuff that you were so used to seeing on TV. So personally, I definitely enjoy that because I'm like, come on, y'all can't just be balling all the damn time. You got to have you regular nigga issues eventually. So um, I, that's why I like this song. Like I said, I didn't, it wasn't on my top because the beat kind of like fucked me up at first, but for sure, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that, I ain't gonna lie, that didn't it, it, it a little weird, a little weird. But yeah, you know, it it, it was just I think I think what kind of kept me going was just the fact that like this is just dedicated to Jim Jones, and like sometimes it's just good to hear that that like the other rapper that has potential that that May is still kind of figuring out his own thing, because uh, Hustlers P O M E that came out. It came out, I think, in 2006. Yeah, it had um, You Stay Alive. Yep. Yeah. No lie. So that yeah. song actually was big because when I was playing football, um, I was on JV at the time, but um, the varsity team actually went to playoffs, and I think they, they were, like, really good. Mm-hmm. They were, like, eight and, they were eight and two. And uh, that song was a big song for them. And the, the 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 defensive coach, shout out to you, coach motherfucking dog. <laughs> like my coach, my defensive coach, that nigga was crazy. For some reason, he takes. <laughs> <which is> weird. <laughs> but 
he he was a, he was a madman, but like he gave like a theme for that team because the defense was so fly, and like every time, and uh, also the offense was really good because we had Kevin Dickerson and then also Booby, um, also known as uh, Kevin Dorsey, who also got a little stint in the NFL for a certain period of time. But that's a whole nother thing. Shout out to Fordsville's football team. All right, I'm I'm going off point. So, uh, pretty much for the team, whenever they got a touchdown, they would. They would sing, we stay fly, no lie, you know it, bowling. And then, like, at the dance and shit, like the football team did that shit. Yeah. Like, that song was big out of school. It was everywhere. Yeah, yeah it was, was, it was ha- everywhere. That was shit happy. was a video game. <laughs> I was happy for Jim because Jim didn't get that push. You know, Jim was, he was independent. So, mm-hmm. stuff like that was probably big. I know he made hella money because, again, he was independent. Um, so, I was actually really happy for him um, to get that look. You know, as somebody who rooted for Jim, because I like Summer in Miami, the song with him and Trey Songs. Um, the song G's Up, G's Up. Yeah. Who's down with Max B? Um, there's a couple of joints I like on there, but I, I like Summer in Miami. I like Crunk Juice, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it was just good beats and stuff like that. It wasn't like he was killing. I think now he's actually a better rapper than he was then, mm. but I think that kind of showed his. Song making abilities, creativity, uh, yeah. So I I, uh, I I enjoyed it. Um, those earlier albums as well. But yeah, Hustlers poem was hard. He had emotionless was probably my favorite, one of my favorite Jim Brown, Jim Brown, Jim Jones songs. I mean, also man, he had a hell of an ear for talent, man. Yeah, yeah. He had Max B. He had uh, he was first on Stack Bundles. Trey I thought songs. those two guys. Oh yeah, early on Trey. Yeah. I thought a lot of those dudes was going to like blow up and then producers. Man, he's working with the Runners. Yep. He was working with uh, a lot of people early on, man. And that's something about Jim. Like his new stuff is fire. Hmm. Fire, like crazy. The most recent one he put out with Harry Fraud. Yeah. Crazy man. So I'm gonna plan that all. Um, he was early. Remember he put a song with Game when he first came out. When Game yeah. before Game blew up. Yeah, yeah, man. I think um, certified gangsters. Yeah, yeah, a little easy in a video. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. It's kind of sucked though, man, because because you know, I, we everyone thought that uh, Joel was going to be the star. He kind of just fell off. Then he went to jail. Who knows what happened after that? I think if either Joel's or Jim Jones was able to kind of carry on into the 2010s. Like, I think that, like, we will remember them too. Like, I think that we will be able to kind of remember them for what what they were. I, but I think the fact that they kind of fell short of what they were able to do and also the people that they were able to help put on through either a verse here or working with them. You think Jim fell off in the huh? 2010s? You think Jim fell off in the 2010s? I haven't, like, to be honest, like, after after uh, P.O.M.E., I have not heard much from Jim Jones. I know he dropped the album in 2009, but by that time, I was listening to that in 2009. I was listening to Kid Cudi. Like, I was listening to uh, 88 Keys. Like, I started developing kind of, like, my niche sound. Because, like, when I started, when I was like, yo, you should, I told this girl one time, you should fuck with 88 Keys and she came back to me and was lost. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on with this song here? What, 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 what's all these questions? Like, I just started having my own little vibe. So at the time, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. 
wasn't there. Like I, I ain't gonna even hold you. Um, and then when the mid, when the blog scene was like really in the scene, like I was with you at the like that. You, you knew what I was listening to at that time. You know what I'm saying? Big Creed, uh, a lot of like mixtape artists like Mookie Jones, a lot of Southern ones. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Oxymoron. Yeah, oxymoron. They were hard too. Shit, uh, Raider Clan, things of that matter. So like, Jim Jones was at the back of my mind. But I always wonder what happened to him after that run because after that, well, not only him, but Dipset all together. Like the last thing that I remember from Jim Jones or Dipset all together was like from the mid from the mid two thousands. You know what I'm saying? Mid to late. And then after that, gone. I didn't really, there wasn't anything that really grabbed me in the 2010s from Dipset until they came back with H-Track. And I think that nostalgia came back and just to see Dipset a little bit more grown, a little bit older, but making music with somebody like H-Track that has a, a, a pulse on like the younger sound. I think that was something that was dope. I really thought that that was something that, and I thought that they were going to really come back, like the entire group, not just like Jim Jones or Jewels here and there, because I think Jewels made music, but I'm talking about the whole group officially as Dipset coming back, but like they didn't, and it's okay. I respect them for what they was able to bring, but um, yeah, man, like I, it, it, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I, Going back to your to to your question, I didn't really see Jim Jones like that uh, throughout the 2010s, so I can't really speculate on that because I it, it would be it would be wrong for me to try to do that. Hmm. I would say that he um, he did embrace the blog era. I don't know if you remember, but he was actually on. Uh, the Ski Beats DD one eight uh, DD one seven two album, Durr? the the twenty four hour karate school. Remember that song with him and Currency? Mm. That's honestly that's one of the first verses that I heard from Jim, and I was like, "Yo, Jim actually be rapping, man!" Like, whoa! I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 Jim out here rapping, rapping. What's going on?" Um, well, like, where does Jim come from? And then he took a hiatus for like a couple years. Um, he had a project after Hustler's poem, Pray for Rain, which I, I wasn't a big fan of. But yet I remember though also Jim stayed independent. So he made more money being independent. So he always was independent. Um, and he he was always good for it. And then he also had what's that song called? Pop Champagne. Whoa, that was Jim Jones. Oh song. yeah. But that was like a more of a part. That was a big party song. Though. That was a big song. Uh, yeah, that shit lasted. That shit not only it, I think it came out like sophomore junior year, and then that shit was annoying. That shit was annoying. <laughs> we be balling, but you know that was that shit was trying to follow up with the whole auto tune. That's that's kind of why I stopped fucking with it. Like it was a good party song. Like, I, re- I, I recommend you I recommend you come like listen to Wasted Talent mm. which came out a few years ago and then listen to El Capo which mm. came out last year 
Um, that's what, 19. Oh, wow, I thought it came out 2020. It's in the El Capo. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of songs, but it's uh, Jim, Jim, Jim is rapping, bro. Jim, Jim is, uh, I was like, whoa, you got Ross on it. He got oh. Spitter on it. Yeah, Spitter on it. You got Griselda on it. Yeah, man. He's uh he's rapping. Then the new joint with him and Harry Fraud is crazy. The yeah, Fraud I'm department. not even surprised. Crazy. Him and Harry Fraud. I mean, Jim is rapping. And then, you know, he did TV for a minute and stuff like that. Yeah. And he, he made other money. TV. He Whoa. did plays. and He did a play on his life. What? Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy, yeah he did a play on his life, yo. But he was in a video oh, game. Oh, word. I ain't surprised. Jim, yo, Jim, Jim make money everywhere, man. So I'm happy for that, brother. It's crazy, though, saying that let's talk about Jim so much because, again, we honestly, back then, no one thought he would be doing this. Like, we thought he would be the backup man or whatever, whatever. And he really, like, worked his ass off. I think that is because him being independent that allowed him to always try out new stuff and, you know, put the music out that he wanted to. And he always gravitated towards that and it allowed him to have more control over his career. Whereas someone like Joel's fell victim to the label in a sense. Um, he couldn't keep it up, so. Yeah. Yeah, man, it was all, but, but listen, this is one of the most influential, influential albums ever. Um, it changed fashion, it changed way people rhyme, and it, it put them in places where most New York rappers were not going. Um, it, it branched New York with with Southern hip hop, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think in this way, yeah, because I mean, you well, gotta think. This is around the same time that Wayne spent the year, spent the summer with uh, with the with the with in Harlem. There you go. Yeah, this is around that same time that he came back rapping out his damn mind. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shit, yo, what else we got to talk about? Shit, I mean, hold on, let me see, let me see. Look at, let me look at the notes. Yeah, we got notes and shit for this shit, people. We we love y'all so much that we put out here. Let's see, so samples are immaculate. Um, felt like, oh, it did feel like a Philadelphia sound in some cases, but like, I don't think, like, specifically for Freeway, because I, in some cases, Sonically, I had some thoughts of like a freeway single, uh, What You Did Was Wrong, you know, what you do is wrong. But like that was produced by Kanye, who also worked with Dipset. So it makes sense in some mm-hmm. cases. And Wells and, and, and Just just Blaze. Just Blaze yeah. and Kanye did most of freeway debut albums that all of that goes in. Okay. So to your point, that's true. Go ahead, I'm okay. sorry. And then also the fact that um, they uh, uh, Dipset was a part of Rockefeller, which is something that, yo, what the fuck is scam? What the fuck does they be finding these talent? Well, I think when it comes to him and Jay Z, that was more of a partnership. But did he find? Did he find like Cameron? Well, he didn't find Cam. Cameron had already been signed for a few years. Oh shit! Other deals, yeah. Um, there's a inter- it's a funny story of how Cam met Biggie and Biggie told his man to sign him to his to his man's record label. That's how he got his first deal. Um, and then he got signed to another joint. That's when he made Confessions of Fire. That's when he did a song with Mason. He was like, da da da. His first song was on there. And then he got um, 
sports, drugs, and entertainment. He did that for solo deal. I think he had a song and all the kids were on. So he was known. Um, but also, you remember, like, Dane from Harlem, Jeff from Harlem. Makes sense. Uh, it's so um, us also, you know, he moved around Harlem, and they probably had a conversation, like, yo, branch out. You know, start dealing with them Brooklyn niggas, which can do for Harlem and shit like that. So when I guess they went to Jay, when they figured it out, like, we got to start branching out, they brought them on around the same time. So they brought on the Philly news and the Harlem news around the same time, if you remember. So Rockefeller had a crazy roster for a minute. Mm. Mm-hmm. Shit, man. Well, they made another good day shit. Cause like I was like I kept hearing like Dame Dash in the back, and I saw like the Rockefeller associated with it. So I was like, how did how did this whole thing come together? Cause like just due to the fact that like they were a part of Rockefeller, it shows yet another like group of individuals that like Rockefeller was like a fucking machine in his home, right, in some cases. But I'm kind of interested in finding out a little bit more of that. I don't think, like, the story of Rockefeller hasn't been fully told because we're still living at a time where you're starting to see the the, the, the big stars of that record label kind of get older and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see, like, a documentary based on that in the future. Oh, yeah, it would be. That would be a great doctor. Yeah. But um, to your point though, like I just, I just really fucked with like this project and just going back through it, it just, it helped me really understand like what made Dipset Dipset. Mm-hmm. When I was listening to the singles, I was only able to feed from the energies off of the singles. And I never was really able to dive into the album as a kid because as a kid, I couldn't listen to the shit around my dad you know what i'm saying but now going back into it i mean of course there's some things that like i know that i can't glorify now or or like speak well of now because it's an album from that specific time but when you look back at it as history and what it did for dipset and you look at the run that they've had after that this album was the start of that and it, I, I, I appreciate it more for that aspect. Nah, man, that's that's a fact. Um, one thing that I am happy for, like the the impact was there. They changed hip hop. It's very interesting to see how this was reviewed because it had really bad reviews, which is interesting because it kind of shows you where hip hop was and like the visionary that Cam and Jim and Joel's were could kind of see where hip hop was going to go. Because they did not have good reviews from like traditional hip hop media. Um, one thing I wanted to highlight before we get off though is I'm happy like some of the wild shit they say they don't have in rap no more. Because some of that shit I was like, bro, I don't that shit. Is yeah, Jim yeah. with the the f bombs and you know. Yeah. Cam with the with the with the bottle bottle with the wild yeah yeah. I'm like um I know it's a little PC whatever people say, but I'm just happy. Again, like we're in a place in culture and hip hop, like me and you don't talk like that. Like I don't talk like that with my other friends. Yeah. Um, I'm happy we just the hip hop. I mean, it ain't perfect, far from it. Yeah. But I am happy that some of those shits is like removed from the the everyday songs. That shit was regular. 
in the yeah. two the 2000s. Just out so, there, you know what I'm saying? Regular. Every time the beef popped off, they always throw in that. They always throw in the whole LGBTQ shit as a joke. And I'm like, bro, that's not fucking cool. You feel me? Even at the time, I just thought it was weird. Because it's like, why would you kind of like, I mean, there's people that would like laugh about that shit. But it's still like, like, what's the point? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, just people that actually love people, like love other people in that sense. Like, don't try to, don't try to do that. That's not, that's not cool. So when rappers always kind of, jump to that i was already like wow but what's the point you know what i'm saying but that's just me yeah no that's a fact um anything you want to highlight before we get up off this joint man i'm just hey if you if you got the ears for it give it a listen because you'll be able to like really get some good songs for out of the playlist or just like you know, just for your daily life, or for the for the parties, or for the kickbacks. You know what I'm saying? You got you got classics on here that helps you remember the energy that Dipset gave you, even though we live at a different time where their music might not hit as hard, just due to the fact that a lot of people are not knowing. But one thing I do want our listeners to understand as we finish is that we need to give them. And I say this shit all the time for rappers, but hey, fuck it. I give it to Dipset. We need to remember the significance that they had in our culture in the 2000s. Because mm-hmm. their, their run was, for a rap scene, very short, but still significant to the growth and transformation of our culture um, well into the 2010s. And um, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have had like, that whole rock star kind of vibe that ran in the mid 2000s. If it wasn't for projects like Dipset and the shit, DJs wouldn't really have a song that like gets like the whole fucking crowd riled up at parties. Shit, we wouldn't have normal songs like, I mean, we would have had like the original Hey Mob, but like specifically when it came to the Bada Bada remix, we wouldn't have had that transformate or that or that merge between the south and north really happened i think that this album was significant to the history of rap and um like i said it's a product of its time so for many years it might not be lit you know it might not be um it might be a little bit too rough but it's definitely a significant part of history and sometimes you have to go through the darkness in order for you to see the light within that darkness. Wow. That's profound. I'm talking about the dips, the diplomats. That's next level. I wasn't thinking that deep. Maybe I should. That's I don't know, nigga. Shit. I just, I just be out here. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, man, this was, this, this was a lot of fun as always. Um, we was in a, such a fun album, man. It took me back. I felt like I was 12 and 13 again. And, Listen to my, my brother's mixtapes and at the flea market, and then they bumping out a look the mixtapes and hearing the windows down, seeing the videos on TRL and BET. Way before we had YouTube, we had to wait for them just to come on. Like, all of that was fun, man. And just these, like, listen to these kind of songs, man, like, takes you back. Not none of them old or nothing, but it reminds you of your childhood. It reminds you of, like, you know, being outside, having fun with your friends and hearing this music 
Because this is kind of like the soundtrack of those times, man. Yeah. Diplomats was big, man. People was wearing people started wearing pink. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing about the diplomats, this is my last point, was like they weren't afraid to like be themselves. And I think as like creative, as whatever you do to make a living or whatever, I think that's something that we really gotta stand on and like learn from because it was like and that was a bold move for Cam. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Bold move for all of them, how they came out, how they how they showed themselves, what they did. Um, he had the pink, the pink range with the pink fur. You know what I'm saying? Play yeah. confident. With the fucking cell phone? That is a classic yeah. photo. That's a classic yeah, man. photo of hip-hop. Yeah, man. So um, that's my biggest thing for me. Like, they, they, they were original. They were kind of like, the sound was fearless. It wasn't doing stuff like everybody else. It was very different. So... Um, yeah, man, it was a uh, was fun revisiting this. I'm excited you picked a great album. Thank you. Um, Dipl- Dip- diplomats are etched in stone in the history of hip hop for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh shit, for sure. Um, um, yeah. with with that, you know, <laughs> like, subscribe, share. Check out my man Vance on all his socials. If you listen to this podcast, you know his social. Vance B Fucking underscore Jones. everything. There you go. Yeah. Listen to his mixes. You know, like his posts. Mix all that cloud, good shit. All that you know shit. What I'm saying any new shit dropping. Uh, I'm making my next mix for April. Uh, right now, off the dribble 13 is out, so that is available on SoundCloud and Mixcloud. That shit is a thumper. It's also, it's also a. Uh, uh, like charting on Mixcloud. Mm, I saw. I saw it's, you shared that. Yeah, fifty-five and eighty. It ain't shit. I'm. I'm yeah, not man, trying listen, to flex. That's that. some shit, bro. Flex. Yeah, man. that's yeah, work. Your hard work pays off. Thank you. I um, keep rocking with us. Keep listening to us. So I'm sweepstakes still going on. Like, sweepstakes still going on. We're going to update that post and send another new. It's not update the post. Share it again so everybody can know. We're gonna wrap it up probably by the end of the month. So. Yeah. Like, share, all that good shit, and keep keep rocking with us, y'all. We got some new, some cool shit coming. <laughs> oh, God. Peace. We back at it once again. Just Jim Jones, You already know what it is. We did it, y'all. Y'all on your own now. They sucking us, right? Let's get it rockin' y'all Killin' the mad smells uh, Let's stop fuckin' with these niggas, let's do it On these blocks we hustle huh. Alright Turn bricks to whips Alright In the midst of the struggle Afghanistan, Betty yet of Pakistan To America, Harlem's I cater Any problems I spray her Not to startle the mayor But in this 50 block radius is get the rock and shave the shit Or get the Glock and blaze the shit Bitches get the cock and savor it They say Jim Jones the cop on my favorite Favorite fuckers Let's get it right, shit It's some of the shit my city wasn't built up over 
Drugs and money, some shit you'll get killed about. Yeah. Slumped on your will, yeah. straight yeah. tilted over. Trust me, dogs, I've seen it in plural. Uh-huh. Niggas wasted and painted and seen on the mural. That's hard. And this apple of mine is rhyme, deal. Gap up your shines, pop shots that'll crack up your minds. And cop rocks and cook that crack up the dimes. Woo. New York City, the capital of crime. From the pack and it's stacking. Santana the Great I built this city off hammers and weight Gasoline, rope, bandanas and tape Lots of fiends, lots of coke being handed away You know the usual Shut them down, set up shop how we usually do Cut them down, dead the block, man, we moving through Diplomats is the strongest force On and off the court, we ball, it's more than sport Motherfucker, yeah, it's Santana, nigga, come on We built this city from ground zero to spit in the pound zero Get down, kick over. Yeah, this was from the ground up, nigga. So get your weight and your pounds up, nigga. Cause when it's beat, my homies mount up quicker. Pick the pound much quicker. Lay you down much quicker. You never been approached by golden eagles. Vultures that are scoping feed you. No court, just leave you. Shit, you know. On blood, sweat, and tears.
Top.